Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and welcome to the MoneyWeb at Midday show. My name is Drake van Niekerk and this show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, Leaders in Business. Well, the JSC and virtually uh, all major world markets are trading down today. And this follows the U.S. interest rate hike, um, as well as concerns that the European Central Bank will announce further tapering of its three-year 2.5 trillion euro quantitative easing program. And I'll speak uh, to Simon Brown of Just One Lap in a moment about this and the potential impacts impact on on markets uh, but first let's look at major indicators on the JSC the all shares down 0.4% the resources uh, down 1.2% industrials down uh, 0.8% financials up uh, nearly 0.9% the gold index also 1.5% stronger uh, looking at international markets, um, the FTSE 100 down 0.6%, the DAX uh, down 0.2%, and the CAC 40 also 0.2%. Earlier, the Nikkei um, closed down 1%, uh, Shanghai is just uh, 0.2%, while Hong Seng also down nearly 1%. Uh, let's look at the currency market. The dollar is uh, the rand is trading um, at 13 rand 20 against the dollar. Uh, 1770 against the pound and 1558 against the euro. The dollar weakened after yesterday's um, interest rate announcement, uh, currently trading at $1.18 against the euro. Bitcoin also down $6,477 or 90,289 rand. Gold is trading at $1,305, Brent crude at $76.83, platinum back up above $900, currently trading at $906.43. The R186 uh, is currently trading at 8.87%. Well, let's look at some individual shares. Um, the winners today, Sabanya Gold up 4.5%. Pioneer Foods, uh, 3.3%. Um, Coronation, 3.3%. First Rand, also up 3%. Um, uh, Implats, 2.7%. Uh, Santam, also up around 2.5% higher. Uh, the losers today, Glencore, lost 2% as the Anglos. Naspas down 1.8%. Uh, Aspen, 1.6%. And the Netcare Group, 1.5%. On the line now is Simon Brown of Just One Lap. Uh, Simon, welcome to the show. Uh, markets are trading negative, but uh, that was that is not unexpected following yesterday's rates uh, decision in the U.S. Uh, afternoon, Rake. Absolutely. And, and it wasn't so much that the Federal Reserve uh, actually raised rates. I mean, everyone was pretty much expecting that. It's that they, were, that they signaled that they were going to be slightly more aggressive going forward. And, and, and what we were looking at was, you know, maybe only three increases this year. Now we're talking four increases for 2018 um, and probably three increases for 2019, which if that all pans out, uh, takes their, their, their Fed rate to around sort of 3%. Um, so it was that slightly more aggressive stance that I think, is, I don't want to say spooked the market, but certainly to your point, you know, global markets are down. We're off uh, just about three quarters of a percent. We've got the CACR on the DAX, the FTSE, all a third to half a percent weaker um, on the back of, of the Fed being a little more aggressive in their, in their raising cycle. But where does that leave South Africa and other emerging markets? Our interest rates currently around eight uh, percent. Um, so if the this U.S. cycle plays out as you've said, 
that differential is actually uh, you know not that attractive and could press could pre- put pressure on emerging markets uh, currencies as well as equity markets. Absolutely, it, put, it puts pressure on both. I mean, if we touch on the currency, in, you know, in, in the simplest sense, is there's this, this carry trade which has been in play now for for you know, a decade, a decade and a half. And quite simply, you know, if you were in the U.S. with interest rates at one percent, you borrowed money in America at one percent, you moved it into South Africa where you earned eight um, percent, and you you make seven percent. And you need to take a currency hedge as well. But basically, you could you could make five percent money pretty much risk-free as long as none of the country, you know, no one was defaulting on you. Um, and and that, if that starts to narrow, and then, you know, then suddenly either we have to respond with higher interest rates to try and keep that spread, or the narrowing suddenly makes that less attractive, which means less money coming into our market, which ultimately means less rands being bought and therefore a weaker currency. Um, and if we take it a step further onto the equity side, you know, what are investors looking for? They're looking for return. And if they can go and buy uh, American debt and the 10-year treasury yield currently just below 3%, let's say that over time is edging up and gets to 5%, if you can get a guaranteed 5% return, why would you be buying equity, which could give you 8 or 10%, but could also give you a negative 8 or 10%. So rising interest rates are typically negative for, for equity markets, and I'm not saying this is going to happen you know, in, in, in a hurry, but certainly over the next couple of years, it's going to you know, weigh on equity markets and certainly the, the emerging markets. And we've seen uh, particularly Turkey, uh, Mexico, uh, Argentina, uh, Brazil, and more recently ourselves, both currencies and markets under pressure. Yeah, it all certain, most certainly also, you know, pull up the handbrake for our interest rate downward cycle. Um, and we'll love to see how the, uh, the South African Reserve Bank react. But uh, then Mario Draghi will uh, address uh, the world later today and shed light on whether the uh, quantitative easing program um, will be, uh, you know, tapered. It's a massive program, 2.5 trillion euros. Um, and and uh, that will also have a big impact if that uh, tapering is aggressive. Absolutely. And, and interestingly, Europe is probably three to four years perhaps uh, behind America. So the U.S. started their, their quantitative easing. And what that essentially is was the Federal Reserve, or in the case of Europe, the European Central Bank, was out there buying bonds, be they government bonds, in some cases even corporate bonds and the like. Um, and, and they were aggressively buying that to keep the rates low uh, and to try and force institutions to lend and spend their money rather than hoarding their money. And what we now see is that America moved away from that and moved into the tapering space a couple of years ago. Um, and now uh, uh, Europe is moving into that as well. And the question is, is, is you know, when are they going to start tapering in Europe? How aggressively? And that's what we're looking to hear from from. Mario Draghi. And my sense is, is that he might not be starting immediately, but he's going to be, if nothing else, he's sort of the beginning of the end of the, of, of the quantitative easing and moving into the next stage, which truthfully is good news. It means that he feels the market is stabilized. He feels that risks of recession and the like is probably abated. Um, but it does mean that they're also going to be sooner or later into an interest rate rising cycle, uh, pretty much like the U.S., which has the same implications. And to your point, also means that the Monetary Policy Committee, who had, you know, perhaps at the beginning of the year, we thought we were going to give us a couple of interest rate cuts, has given us one so far this year and probably not going to do any more. And in truth, might actually look to do some increases, particularly if we start seeing inflation. We've seen it already come through in, in America. Um, and then in the next year or two or three, we should at least start seeing inflation coming through in Europe at the same time. 
sort of supported by those interest rate increases. And within this context, the rand uh, at 1320 against the, the dollar, 1773 against the pound and 1560 against the euro, actually quite holding up quite nicely uh, in this context. It absolutely is. And if we compare it to our emerging market peers, and I use peers perhaps a little bit loosely, um, but those Turkeys, you know, Argentinas and the like I mentioned a moment ago, their currencies have done significantly worse than ours. We must remember as well, back in February when uh, President Ramaphosa was announcing his cabinet, I think we hit 11.55 overnight. So we've weakened off a whole bunch. But 1320 is, is really where we were towards the end of last year. So, you know, we, we're weaker than we were a few months ago, but we're pretty much sideways. But the question is, you know, where to from the RAND? Now, I've been very bullish on a stronger RAND for a number of years, um, and subsequent to, to then Finance Minister Nene being fired in December 2015, the RAND crashed out. We've seen massive strength. But it goes back to what moves our currency. So our currency gets stronger because if you want to invest in South Africa, first you've got to buy our rand, then you buy our bonds, then you buy our equities. In in an environment where globally bond rates are going up and the like, suddenly we are less attractive. With respect, why come buy South African bonds for 8% when I can buy U.S. bonds for, you know, 3 and in time maybe 4 or 5%, which means suddenly less buying of the rand and then perhaps a weakening of the rand going up. Not necessarily a weakening in, in, in that sudden move to 14, 15, 16, 18, but more a gradual weakening out over, over a couple of years. Mm. Yeah, and to your point, the uh, R186, uh, which is actually a quite a nice benchmark, um, down, uh, mm-hmm. well, strengthened to under 9%, which is also, uh, it shows you that maybe there was a slight overreaction in anticipation of the US hikes and uh, and then what we've seen in Europe at the moment. But uh, let's just quickly look at some corporate news. Not a lot out today, but uh, NASPA has issued a pretty strong trading statement yesterday. Um, and uh, the share price down slightly today, but probably um, due to market conditions. Um, but it seems as if uh, NASPA uh, will benefit from the sale of that 2% in, in Tencent as well as the, uh, the sale of Flipkart. Uh, absolutely. So yesterday at one and a quarter percent, although they traded up at uh, 3,500 and some change, eventually closing at uh, 3,390. So there was a massive spike as, as, that, as that announcement came out and then the market pretty much came back. But you're 100% right. That, that, that 2% sale in, 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 in uh, Tencent, the, the uh, sale of Flipkart, which Walmart has bought, which they, they got money from, um, we're, 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 we're talking a giant pile of cash for NASPAS to go spending with. Now, in the immediate, that cash just sits there and, and, and generates a relatively low interest rate for them. But nonetheless, they, they'll, they'll grab that. But it gives them huge spending power, helps them to pay off some debt, helps them to, to boost some of their other businesses. Um, and what NASPAS's style has been has always been sort of small deals. Tencent is now you know, a giant company, but when they entered it back in the early 2000s, it was a, it was a modest-sized transaction, which is typically their style. Lots of small little transactions, see which ones become the Tencent, which are the massive deals. Even Flipkart for them was a couple of hundred percent return in, in, in a couple of years. So the announcement yesterday caught the market by surprise. No one was anticipating it. Usually every quarter when the 10 cent results are out and every six months when the NASPAS results are out, we know it's coming. Um, that really caught the market by surprise. And, and then the surprise was massively positive. And of course, NASPAS being the quarter of our top 40 index, 
it had benefit of that index. But what we've seen is overnight in Asia, markets were weak after the U.S. announcement, as you said, and then again following through this morning. We had the Nikkei down uh, almost 1% overnight. So actually one of the one of the, the worst performing markets post the, the uh, Fed announcement last night. Yeah, Nasdaq was also, it's, it's up nearly, uh, well, around 30% for the year. But the ALSI is down around 5%. That shows you there must be some, uh, some carnage almost uh, amongst other shares on, mm-hmm. the, on the market, especially mid-caps. Uh, you know, how, how do you see the market currently? Maybe a tale of, uh, well, a story of two um, you know, sectors. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Because what we saw last year was was NASPAS under pressure, uh, hurt our market, but we were saved to a degree by some of the bigger miners, Billiton, Anglo-American, uh, Richmond, um, and, and they were kind of saving our blushes. NASPAS, which is trading at a, at a massive discount to its 10 cent holding, and then all the other assets it owns, DSTV, European assets, um, uh, you know, Media24 locally, etc., essentially are free if you go by NASPAS right now. But what we have seen is in, in the rest of the, the, the markets and, and the constituents, in the mid and small cap space, it has been a really, really bad year. You can come out with brilliant results and the market's just not interested in you at all. Um, but even some of the, 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 the bigger stocks, you know, a, a stock like ShopRite, which is a, a, a very quality stock, um, has had a rough year so far in the first six months of the year. Price has been under pressure. Uh, we've had Vodacom under pressure. You know, we've had Discovery uh, under pressure. It was 180 Rand towards the end of last year. It's 146 at this point in time. So we're seeing a lot of the general market uh, outside of NASPAS coming under pressure and therefore taking off that shine that NASPAS would normally have added to our market. And a lot of it has been the SA Inc. stuff. Um, and those SA Inc. stocks were were bought up quite aggressively uh, into the lead up to Nasdaq uh, last year. In fact, the market had an all-time high in December, uh, rallied again into, into December. Um, and then since then, the SA Inc. stocks have been, I think, kind of, you know, those valuations got crazy. Picks on a yeah. 38 PE. It's a brilliant company. Make no bones about it. But a 38 PE for a company that's growing at, you know, 14, 15%, that's just expensive anyway you shake it. Mm. Uh, just lastly, GrowthPoint announced a, it acquired around 22% of a company in Poland, of all places, Global Worth Poland Real Estate. Um, and it, uh, they put down 150 million euros or 2.3 billion rand. And it just seems, you know, the strategy of South African property companies to look offshore <laughs> is uh, gaining momentum and, and continues. Yeah, I mean, for, in growth point, it's what they're in about an 80 billion rand market cap. So it's it's not you know, it's not a massive deal, but certainly it, it, it's it's a significant pile of cash. Make no bones about that. And we certainly have seen a lot of interest in in, in Eastern Europe, particularly Poland. Uh, Poland being one of the the stronger economies in in Eastern Europe. Uh, but also what we see is is that that geography um, and and the, the sort of properties that you know shopping malls um, are, are a relatively new novelty. I was in in, in Czech Republic in, in 2009, um, and they the Prague got their first proper shopping mall in 2009, which to me was just like you know, I mean we'd had these for forever and a day. They had done sort of strip malls and high streets and and that sort of thing. Um, and they can pick up fairly good valuations there in terms of the yields that they get. Um, and, and if they borrow in Europe, again, the low interest rates, you might only be paying 1% or 2% to borrow the money. Uh, and then you've got an asset, you buy a property that's perhaps yielding 5 or 6%, uh, and that becomes very uh, enticing. And hence we've seen a number of companies there. And we've, you know, Nicky Rock Castle, 
notwithstanding their, their recent issues that they've had. Um, they're an Eastern Europe player, and, and they've done very, very well in terms of, of emerging markets, but they kind of sit between those sort of uh, African, South American emerging markets and the developed markets and that they've got close proximity to Europe and in many cases are part of the European Union and get the benefits thereof. Yeah. Just lastly, um, you know Bitcoin, surely, but do you know RhinoCoin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rhino coin I haven't heard of. It is a new <laughs> South African-based cryptocurrency, um, and it has an underlying commodity, believe it or not, which is Rhino Horn or legal Rhino Horn. Uh, one Rhino Horn is uh, one Rhino coin is equal to one grams of legal Rhino Horn, and the idea is that this currency will allow conservationists to unlock some value of the horn that is a- available to trade on the market. It started trading at around 88 Rand in May, and it's now trading at 125 Rand. Uh, it's linked to Ethereum, but it just shows you, you know, the, <laughs> if you think of a good idea or maybe a not-so-good idea, you can link it to actually anything. Uh, you know, cryptocurrencies are just all over the place, in my view, if you see products like this. Yeah, I'm interested right I'm on, the, on the website now. I'd, I'd never heard of it before. And I think the, the, the thing is, as you, as you point out, you can link them to anything. And I think as a, as a professed potential investor or speculator in it, um, it's always a case of, you know, buyer beware and do your homework. And whether that's buying a listed share, or whether it's buying a, a, a crypto asset or whatever the case may be, you really have to do your homework. And you'd never, ever take your entire net worth or a significant slice of it and put it into any one particular asset because you might have done that to Bitcoin at $20,000 and now it's trading $6,000 in some change. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Simon. That was Simon Brown of Just One Lap. Unfortunately, this is all we have time for today. And this show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saika.co.za. And that's it for this edition of the Money Web at Midday Show. Thank you for tuning in. 